Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We did it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Finally, we have made it. I know technically the season isn't for another week, but we are officially seven days away from Kansas basketball taking the court against Gonzaga. We are six days away. Six days away. We are six days away actually from college basketball as a whole starting up. And I just feel like we have done it. We have made it through the slog of the longest offseason in college basketball history, and I am giddy. I, I cannot believe it. Today is our final Big 12 preview, and boy, is it a humdinger. So, yeah, let's get right into a big show on the docket. Of course, big news out of the professional ranks yesterday and some dreams being realized, especially for a, a certain Jayhawk, both of them with an opportunity, but uh, a really momentous occasion for, for a certain Jayhawk, or former Jayhawk, I should say. Uh, we, of course, have our final Big 12 preview, like I said. And a little bit of news, basically the news about the Champions Classic finally, officially came out. But this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I am Jonas Nordman, hanging on by a thread, but we finally, like I said, made it. We are also, of course... A week away from Thanksgiving. How are you spending your Thanksgiving? It's a real cluster this year, isn't it? <laughs> Fantastic. All right. Believe in Jayhawks basketball show on Believe a Podcast Network. Your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? And here's what I believe. I believe that it was a magical night last night. NBA draft 2020 usually happens during the summer finally came down on Wednesday, November 18th, which is really weird, especially when you take in consideration the fact that the NBA is going to start or restart in what about a month or so, give or take a couple of days here or there. So uh, if they finally got around to the draft, they had a very condensed combine uh, but these guys had a long time to figure out whether they wanted to come back to college or go pro. And look, this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball show, which means what do we care about? Where did our boys end up? Well, first things first, I'm sitting there. The draft is going on. It's finally moving its way through the, the lottery. I knew both Devon Dotson and Yudoka Azabuki would not be lottery picks. I think we all knew that, barring a miracle. The lottery passes. The stat comes down. This is the first lottery where a Kansas, Duke, North Carolina, or Kentucky player hasn't been drafted in the lottery, a.k.a. the top 14, since I think it was like 2010. I'm sitting there. I'm thinking... And I even messaged this in a group text. I said, this is, we're really staring at back-to-back -back years in which a Kansas player does not get drafted in the first round, which is pretty amazing. It's somewhat inconceivable if you think about the great talent 
that comes through Kansas and the success that the program has year in and year out. But that's what it was looking at. The names go by, the evening passes through, and then at pick number 27, still within the first round, the Utah Jazz selected Yudoka Azubuki. So congratulations to Big Doke, to Yudoka Azubuki. The young man has, if you're a Kansas fan, you know the trials and tribulations that he's gone through, especially physically during his time at Kansas. Uh, of course, leaving his home nation, not seeing his parents, not seeing his brother for a long time until he showed up at a game. I think it was last year. And Yudoka Azubuki is a first-round draft pick. Utah Jazz feels like a really good fit. Doesn't have to come in and be a starting center. Uh, my biggest worry for Yudoka was that he is a big man playing in the wrong era. But luckily, he goes to a team that utilizes a true center that appreciates a little bit of size and goes to a coach in Quinn Snyder. Yes, the former Missouri head coach, Quinn Snyder. But he goes to a well-respected head coach who has had a lot of great success in the NBA, coaches up defense excellently. And if a coach like that and a system like what the Jazz run saw something in Yudoka and they valued his skill set, that makes me feel pretty good about Azubuki's future moving forward in the NBA, especially as a first-round draft pick. To, to use that spot on Yudoka says a lot about what they saw in him. Do keep in mind, however, uh, the Jazz did also at one time employ Jeff Withy, who was also an excellent defensive center. Played a little bit, got playing time, but just ended up not really working out for the same system. So hopefully, Yudoka's got a little bit of a different skill set. Obviously has the size, obviously has the power, which differentiates him from Withy somewhat. Well, no, not somewhat. He's a, a much bigger, stronger physical force than Jeff Withy. And playing behind Rudy Gobert, maybe he spells Gobert here and there. If nothing else, that'll be some Clash of the Titans-like action there in practice between Gobert and Yudoka Azabuki. So congratulations to Big Yudoka. Uh, quickly, some names to keep an eye on, some first-round names that got drafted in the first round. Um, of, of course, the number one overall pick, Anthony Edwards, congratulations, out of Georgia. Uh, LaMelo Ball went third overall to the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, Anyeka Okongwu went sixth to the Atlanta Hawks. I only bring him up out of USC because he and LaMelo Ball were high school teammates at one point at Chino Hills. Uh, Obi Toppin, who, of course, Kansas fans were very familiar with, and that championship game in Maui goes eighth overall out of Dayton. Uh, he goes to the New York Knicks, so sorry about your career there, Obi. Uh, Tyrese Halliburton, I talked about him a lot when it, in relation to Iowa State, ends up going 12th to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, anyone else that Kansas fans might care about? Ah, 24th. He was a bit of a drop here in the, in the first round. R.J. Hampton, you may recognize the name. Brought him up a little bit around signing day. And it basically came down to the fact that R.J. Hampton was either going to be a Kansas Jayhawk or he was going to 
basically pass on playing in college and go play overseas, which is what he ended up doing. Went to New Zealand. I believe he played for the Breakers. Uh, so RJ Hampton falls to 24 after not going to Kansas. Coincidence? Probably. And then another Big 12 player, Desmond Bain out of TCU. Big, beefy, swole shooting guard goes 30th out of TCU. Now, there was, of course, a second Kansas player who was eligible to be drafted. And I thought I thought he was the one that had a chance to sneak into the first round, to be honest. And the fact that Devon Dotson, after 60 picks of the NBA draft, not one team valued Devon Dotson enough to pick him, I thought was a travesty. So Devon Dawson is officially an undrafted player, was signed immediately after the draft ended by the Chicago Bulls. So that being said, still congratulations to Devon Dotson. Um, he is officially signed by an NBA team. That is still nothing to be to sneeze at. Uh, he will presumably, oh, they're not going to have a summer league this year, are they? Um, presumably he'll go to the G League and fight his way from there. I have no doubt that Devon Dotson will make things happen. I, I do wonder if the jump shot was still just way too inconsistent for Dotson in pre-draft workouts. Um, obviously, the size is not necessarily there. But Cassius Winston from Michigan State got drafted, and they're about the same size, and Devon Dotson is faster than Cassius Winston. Uh, Trey Jones from Duke, who I think was essentially Dotson's competition for undersized point guard. He got drafted 41st by the Spurs. So the good news, again, if you want to take a, a broader look, when someone doesn't get drafted, they essentially have their pick of the litter. Dotson has roots in Chicago. He goes to a team that has a new front office as well as a new head coach in Billy Donovan who, of course, is probably a Hall of Fame college head coach for his time at, at Florida. And he's had a pretty solid run in the pros during his time with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So for both players, Yudoka Azubuki and Devon Dotson, uh, you could say they've found them, their way into favorable situations. Keep in mind... Kansas point guards for three years running now. Devontae Graham, Frank Mason, and now presumably Devon Dotson have gone to the G League and found success. Devontae Graham is, I don't want to say the face of the Charlotte Hornets, especially now that they drafted LaMelo Ball, uh, but he was front and center on their campaign for their new uniforms that they just debuted was Devontae Graham. And Frank Mason just won G League MVP down there in the Bucks system, Milwaukee Bucks system. So the NBA is going to keep sleeping on Kansas point guards. They're going to keep rising up to the ranks. And I have no doubt that Devon Dotson will do the same. Biggest news of the night last night in terms of Devon Dotson, check it out on Twitter. Uh, his beautiful suit that he was wearing um, had, a, had a great inseam. He had stitched on the inside of his suit jacket, said 2020, Natty champs, national champions. It was really cool. Of course, he and Yudoka and the rest of the crew from last year 
robbed of their opportunity to play for the national championship. Only people perhaps offended by that would perhaps be Gonzaga fans. We were number one in the net rankings. Well, the two teams will clash. Perhaps that'll be the de facto national championship a week from today. Congratulations to Yudoka. Congratulations to Devon. And congratulations to all the young men who had their dreams realized last night. Uh, any other of notes in the second round last night? Uh, Jemias Ramsey out of Texas Tech gets drafted 43rd, goes to the Sacramento Kings. Uh, let's see here. Kenyon Martin Jr. I bring that up only because it makes me feel old. Of course, watching his dad as I was growing up, Kmart. His dad, Kenyon Martin Jr., of course, drafted first overall way back when. And the name Jay Scrub drafted 50 or picked 55th. Why do I bring this up? Only because I read the note last night by CJ Moore of The Athletic, who, uh, again, I'm completely taking this note from him, but I wanted to make sure I passed this along to the people who did not venture on Twitter last night. Uh, Jay Scrub was picked by the Brooklyn Nets out of junior college. Uh, and I bring this up because Jay Scrub supposedly was passed on by by Kansas's own Tyon Grant Foster as the de facto best player in junior college last year. So Jay Scrub, good enough to get drafted in the second round of the NBA draft. KU supposedly as a player who was roundly considered to be a better overall prospect now on the roster. So I'm not saying anything, but you know, take that for what it's worth. Tyon Grant Foster currently a Jayhawk supposedly considered better than the guy who was just drafted into the NBA. All right, cool. Um, let's see. That's the news on the draft. I did have a thought come across my brain that I wanted to pose to the people. Uh, this is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. So Kansas was on the verge of not having a first-round draft pick for two years in, the ro- in a row. Now the stat is they've had one first-round draft pick in the last two drafts. Again, congratulations to Yudoka. So the, the question I wanted to pose and the thought I wanted to sort of ba- I wanted to bounce around was does it matter to Kansas fans to have that first round to have that name brand value at the top of the NBA draft? And, and I say that because I mean let's take a look just at this past season, right? So KU has a player drafted 27th overall, and then they have their second best player off that team, arguably their best player go undrafted and yet last season Kansas was the presumptive number one team in the nation they were going to go into March Madness as the overwhelming favorite and all things considered very well could have gone on to win a national championship all that with one player one player drafted so we all enjoyed last season We all rode the wave of emotions. We enjoyed that Maui title game. We watched those Baylor games. The one at Allen Fieldhouse was terrible to deal with. The one in Waco was a joy to watch. We lived and died with every moment. 
And as Kansas fans, it was an enjoyable year. But it didn't necessarily show itself in the NBA draft. But from a college basketball perspective, it was amazing. So Kansas right now has essentially not had the NBA. What's the word I'm looking for? Not not, not really even breakthrough. Uh, they just haven't shown themselves in the NBA, and especially in the NBA draft recently. And, and projecting forward, you know, to next season, they're probably not going to again. You know, barring some major breakout season from Ochai Baji, which maybe could propel him into a into a lottery pick. No. Maybe Bryce Thompson, maybe Tyon Grant Foster have themselves an excellent one season with Kansas. Maybe David McCormack really just bursts onto the onto the scene and his blend of athleticism and size turns him into a can't miss prospect. But as we stand right now, Kansas is likely to have a limited amount of players drafted again in next NBA draft. So what's more important important? KU currently six at number sits at number six in the preseason rankings. We'll be battling for a Big 12 title. We'll be battling for a number one or number two seed. And we'll be one of the favorites, presumably, for a national title again, if things click correctly. And I'll I've decided I'm gonna get into the things I'm worried about next week. Today was a loaded show. So what matters more? I sit here doing a Believe in Jayhawks basketball show. I know part of what comes with being a college basketball and an elite college basketball program is then helping those players move on to achieve their dreams. And it only helps with recruiting. But as I sit here doing a show about Kansas basketball, you know, I wasn't too worked up with the fact that Kansas might have another first round come and go without a player drafted. Thankfully, Yudoka did get drafted. He has a, a guaranteed contract now. So let me know your thoughts at Jonas N three one Oh on Instagram at Jonasty 90 on Twitter. I sit here. I'm not too worried about it. Bill self is paid to win games in college. And if that comes with NBA success from there on out, Great. I'm sure I, I would like to think that's the way he, he looks at it. But I could also see the flip side. You want that NBA success. You want that NBA name brand value. You want guys like Joel Embiid and Andrew Wiggins to succeed because then it does help with recruiting. And coaches can't negatively recruit against you by saying, Bill Self in Kansas, they're not going to help you realize your dreams. You're going to go there. You're not even going to end up being a first-round draft pick. Look at the resume. Look at the track record. So I do see it both ways. But from where I'm sitting, I'm not too worried about it. Believe in Jayhawks basketball. Real quickly here, as we are steaming through, uh, officially Kansas will play Kentucky on December 1st in the Champions Classic. Real weird note, though. So Duke is going to be facing Michigan State, of course, on the other half of the Champions Classic, and KU facing number 10, Kentucky, number 10 for the time being. Michigan State will be traveling, from what I can read and from what I can gather, they're going to Durham and playing at Cameron Indoor Stadium. 
So Duke is hosting Michigan State, whereas Kentucky and Kansas are going to play at Bankers Life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. Really interesting. And I wonder if this is, you know, a COVID thing where they don't want too many teams, too many coaches and players and whatnot all in the same area. That'd be four different programs all within Bankers Life Fieldhouse there in Indianapolis. That, that has to be what it is uh, because that doesn't really seem fair to Michigan State that in this year that they rotate around and they face Duke, instead of playing in the neutral site, they will go and play on Duke's home court. But regardless, that's Michigan State's problem to deal with. Kentucky and KU will play neutral site in Indianapolis. Uh, this was part of the fact that see, this is what I don't understand. I'm continuing on through the, the press release. The Jimmy V men's classic will be played the very next day on December 2nd with number 12, Tennessee facing number one, Gonzaga and number two Baylor, who we'll talk about just in a second and number eight, Illinois. Both of those games will be played at bankers life Fieldhouse in Indianapolis. So clearly it's not, not an issue. Whatever. seems like coach K got another one over on Tom Izzo. Hmm. Food for thought. But with that being said, enough of that, enough of the past and players who are no longer on the program. Let's look ahead and let's talk about our final team of the Big 12 previews. Man. And we literally did save the best for last. This is a team, depending where you look, is either the number one or the number two team in the nation. I mean, the AP poll has them ranked number two. Um, The site that I'm going off of, just to see sort of who has come and gone, has them ranked number one. I'm talking about the Baylor Bears, coached by our good friend, Scott Drew. And you know what? I will give Scott Drew a little bit of credit right now for being a good guy. I read last night that he apparently talked up Yudoka Azabuki to NBA scouts when they called him and they were talking about the draft or whatever. So kudos to you, Scott Drew. That's nice. Way to stick up for your Big 12 brethren. You've got a really good team. And Baylor is going to be an excellent team. Last year, they went 26 and 4 overall and 15 and 3 in Big 12 play. They were amongst the best defensive teams in the nation. In fact, they averaged 71.1 points per game and only allowed 60 points per game. Averaged 36.9 rebounds per game and 13.8 assists per game. Who do they have coming back? That is, of course, the big sticking point, why people think so highly of Baylor. They did sort of crawl their way to the end of the season, losing three of their final five games, including that incredible matchup at the Farrell Center, Saturday, February 22nd versus Kansas. Three-point game, KU escaping with the victory. And then... Baylor essentially went loss, win, loss, win, loss. Uh, So they are on a losing streak entering this upcoming season. 
as they lost to West Virginia in Morgantown. They bring back a lot. Jared Butler, first-team All-American. Macy Oteague, excellent player. Davion Mitchell, arguably the second-best perimeter defensive player in the nation. Mark Vidal, one of the best glue guys in the country. Matthew Meyer can make things happen. And Flo Thombo, what a name. <laughs> he comes back. Who do they lose? They, they lose a lot. Freddie Gillespie, the senior, graduated. Uh, he was their do-everything big man down below. And Devontae Bandu, the guard, uh, he was the fourth guard. Was able to spell Jared Butler. He was able to spell Macy Oteague and Davion Mitchell, and they didn't lose a lot when he was on the floor. So they lose a little bit of depth by losing Bandu. But you may have noticed, or you may not have noticed because you haven't been following Baylor that much, that there's one name I did not say is returning. Leading up all offseason, we knew that Freddie Gillespie was going to not retire. He was going to graduate. And they were going to replace him with arguably a more talented player in Tristan Clark. Tristan Clark, a guy who is a former preseason first-team All-Big 12 member, a guy who at one point, I believe it was he led the nation. Yes, he led the nation in field goal percentage. This was the guy they were going to replace Freddie Gillespie with. The reason that Tristan Clark wasn't featured more last year is because he was coming off a devastating knee injury. And it is because of that knee injury just last week, actually, no, it wasn't last week. It was earlier this week on November 17th. He announced that he is medically retiring. That is a huge blow to Baylor. Is it enough to knock them off their perch as the first or second best team, arguably, in the nation? No, I don't believe so because they were going to be powered by those guards regardless, Butler, Teague, and Mitchell. But what it does do, and... I'm about to really start stretching and reaching to nitpick holes here in Baylor. But I think it's, I think it's a worthwhile argument. The responsibility now is going to fall even more on those, trust me, very broad shoulders of Mark Vidal. And now a lot of that low post responsibility goes to someone like Flo Thamba. Great name, not much game. Hasn't really played a lot. You start looking at an incoming freshman in Dain Danja. Danja. He is a four-star recruit out of Minneapolis, so it's not like he's not talented, 6'9", 260, but again, inexperienced. You start looking at a transfer from UNLV, whose name I'm about to butcher, and Jonathan Tshwarma. To Chachua? I'm not, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jonathan. And of course, uh, another freshman forward coming in, Zach Loveday. And, and partly, I think the reason why last year's Baylor team worked so well is because I think everyone just knew the roles and they all played them perfectly the guards or the stars. And then you had Mark Vidal and you had Freddie Gillespie down low playing their part. You never really had to toss them the ball. They would go get rebounds. They would get down on the floor. They would do the dirty work, and they made the engine hum. This year, 
Jared Butler, already a first-team All-American. Perhaps he will be looking to add on more responsibility, show that he's the Big 12 Player of the Year, perhaps even be the National Player of the Year. And I'm sure he's trying to work his way into being something, perhaps even a lottery pick. Does that hurt the chemistry? Does that take shots away from someone like Macy Oteague, who wants to show he's more than just a second fiddle? So I'm not saying this is what's happening, but this is something I could see some fissures in the chemistry of the Baylor Bears. I was already worried about Tristan Clark coming back from injury, trying to, you know, already reestablish himself. Now he's gone. And a player in Mark Vidal, who again is not a go-to player, may have to turn into the force down low. That being said, they're the favorites in the Big 12. <laughs> you know, this is, all, this, this is all reaches. Any team would want to deal with the issues of having too much talent in Butler, Macy Oteague, and Davion Mitchell. Not to, mention, not to mention Matthew Meyer, who when he is on, can step off of the bench and become a flamethrower. A little inconsistent, yes, but very talented. So that's the Baylor Bears. That is Kansas's A number one competition in the Big 12 this year. KU, of course, finishes up their season with Baylor. And who knows what will be on the line there, but it is shaped up well. Saturday, February 25th, clear your or sorry, Saturday, February 27th, clear your schedules. Tell your honey that you're going to be busy. If it's somebody's birthday, tell them to reschedule. At the Fieldhouse, as it stands right now, number two, Baylor at number six, Kansas. Of course, those rankings are going to fluctuate. But uh, get yourself ready for that matchup. I think College Game Day may have that one circled already. Not that they'll be traveling this year. So those are our Big 12 previews. Do I think Baylor is going to finish first? Well, I'll get into what I worry about and what I'm positive about with the Kansas basketball team next week. Perhaps I'll let you know how I'm leaning one way or the other. It's going to be one, two, either way. Yeah, as it stands right now, Baylor's the favorite, and they should probably win the Big 12. But they probably had a better team last year. We'll see. Kansas probably had a better team last year also. They had a first-round draft pick. Congratulations to Yudoka Azabuki. Congratulations to Devon Dotson for getting the opportunity to fight for a place on the Chicago Bulls. Congratulations to you, the listener, for making it through, and thank you for making it through this crazy offseason with me. If you've been listening along the way, thank you so much. We have finally done it. By this time next week, it'll be college basketball season. Kansas, Gonzaga, I think I'm going to do the episode still on Thursday, but maybe keep an eye out on Wednesday to get ahead of it. Regardless, have a great rest of your week. Have a great weekend. Have an excellent week leading into Thanksgiving, and no matter how you're celebrating the holiday, stay safe, and I will bid you adieu, and I will leave you, as always, with a rock shot. 
niggas at the dope. Ready to make an entrance, so back on up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.